9th of Av, unusual day in history. It's tough one for the Jews throughout mm-hmm. history, all the way up through from, uh, well, about 600 B.C. all the way through World War II. There's been events on, on this date. So it's been a shake you kind of a day, yeah. shake you to wake you kind of a day. And I want to focus on one of those after the fact because, you know, it's, you'll hear me talk a lot about the name of Yehovah, the name of the Father, the name of God. And it matters to me so, so much because it is also tied in with this date, oddly enough. And this month of the Father, which is Av. Exactly. Yeah. We have the yeah. month of the Father and yeah. the ninth of Av. Because one of the many events was the Bar Kokhba revolt. Now... I was talking to Nathan yesterday, and uh, he is, you know, Mr. Quotes, he reads so much. He just tires me out with his reading. But he gave me a quote from G.K. Chesterton. I said, oh, send that to me. It says, when a man stops believing in God, he doesn't then, he doesn't then believe in nothing. He believes anything. Mm. And I liked his take on it was he becomes capable of believing in anything. I like that one a little bit better. So that's the Nathan version. Yeah. But that's the story. When you reject the Messiah, Jesus, the Yeshua, or Yehoshua, you become capable of then looking for a Messiah everywhere. everywhere. That's the story of the Bar-, Bar Kokhba revolt. So, time of Jesus, he rises, he ascends into heaven. The church begins, go forward about 60 years. Actually, go forward 40 years. The temple's destroyed. Everything's changed. Go forward another 60 years. It's been peace, but craziness following the temple's destruction. Some Jews quietly begin coming back and buying land and restarting their lives. And around 132 AD, the rumor started that the Roman emperor, Hadrian, was coming to Jerusalem to build a temple to Jupiter, well, that's hard to say, Jupiter, on the site of the destroyed temple. What became known as the Bar Kokhba revolt exploded. Now, remember, in in 70 AD, Rome sent four legions and destroyed them. Rome sent 10 legions this time. How do you know you've, you've just crossed the line? Mm-hmm. That's a third of the entire Roman army came, and they were not leaving until the lesson was learned. They killed, again, over half a million Jews. It went over several years. It was very much of a guerrilla kind of a war. In fact, it's fascinating war to study. But Hadrian was not actually coming to do that. He was coming to defeat Christianity due to its rapid spread across the empire. Mm-hmm. That's the irony of the moment. But around 138 AD, as part of that fallout of the Bar Kokhba revolt, the Romans erased all ancient names and associations with Israel and Judah. They banned Mosaic law and Judaism in the city of Jerusalem, forbid the speaking of the name Jehovah, Circumcision was forbidden. All Jews were expelled from the city and forbidden to reside there for a 10-mile a radius of Jerusalem, which is a pretty good distance. They were permitted to enter Jerusalem just once a year. Well, today, Tishbav, or Saturday. Hadrian rebuilt Jerusalem as a Roman colony, and he renamed the city Ayala Capitolina, and the province was renamed Palestine, eliminating the name Israel, which takes God out of the name, of course. To deal with Christianity, Hadrian built pagan temples and shrines all over sites which had any association with Jesus. Three years later, in conformity with Roman custom, Jerusalem was plowed up with a yoke of oxen, sowed with salt. Emperor Constantine I would restore the name Jerusalem in 324 AD. But the fallout of Bar Kokhba was horrific. But the greatest tragedy to me has become a way of life for the Jews, which now has become a curse for Christians as well. 
so I don't want you to miss it. Emperor Hadrian forbid the speaking of the name of Yehovah. Many rabbis wouldn't dream of not speaking of Yehovah. So it wasn't very many days until the law was tested. Uh, Rabbi Hananiah ben Terodian became one of ten martyrs executed on the same day by the Emperor Hadrian. It happened about 42 days ago. According to the Talmud, it was because Hananiah was teaching from a Torah scroll in public, and whenever he came upon the name yud Hey vav Hey, which is the name of God, he proclaimed the name out loud, Yehovah. So the Romans wrapped Hananiah in his Torah scroll, burned him at the stake in a very brutal fashion. His last words as he burned were from Deuteronomy 32, For I will proclaim the name of Yehovah. Ascribe greatness unto our God, the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and might is he. Now, the rabbinic Sanhedrin decided that they would rather obey the Romans than be killed like him. So they ruled that the rabbis would stop speaking the name of Yehovah out loud. Now, they intended to be temporary, but they still follow that today, even without the threat of the death from Rome. And they read the story of the Ten Martyrs every year on the Ninth of Av. They'll be reading that story of him speaking and reading the Torah, so they know the true history. Meanwhile, the rabbinic Orthodox Jews claim the tradition of not speaking the name is based on the Third Commandment. You shall not take his name in vain. Right. <laughs> They've declared that just saying his name is taking it in vain. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. They say when the Tanakh says to speak the name, it doesn't mean that. But to just refer to the name or some great thing that God has done. And again, that's back to that G.K. Chesterton. Well, you, you believe anything at, at a point. So when it came time for English language translation of the Bible, they turned to the rabbis for Hebrew standards and instruction. And, of course, they taught them to stumble over the same stumbling block they were tripping over. You don't use the name of God. You replace it. You refer to it. Now, Mark 7, 13 says, You nullify or make the word of God of no effect or powerless through your tradition, which you've handed down in many such things you do. Of all the things we should do is be wary of the Pharisees. And that's who the rabbinic uh, Orthodox folks are. So probably in the Bible you read, they replaced his real name with a term that just refers to him, like Lord, L-O-R-D, capital letters. Lord is the Hebrew word Adonai. It's not Yehovah, it's Adonai, which means Lord or Master, but it's not his name. In the preface to your Bible, if you want to look, it tells you that they're doing that too. In Exodus 3.15, God first introduces himself by name. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, Yehovah, God of your fathers, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I'm to be remembered generation after generation. Hmm. But almost every English Bible replaces his true name, Yehovah, with the Lord, making the rest of the verse, this is my name forever, absolutely nonsensical. Your name forever is the Lord? No. In Exodus 20, verse 2, when God appears to Israel on Mount Sinai, his first words were, I'm Yehovah, your God. In Hebrew, the name of God is those four letters, the Yud, He, Vav, He, and the name of those four letters is Yud, He, Vav, He. So He's there twice. In the original Hebrew manuscripts and scriptures, the name of God the Father is present 6,828 times. Hmm. Seven times a page, basically. How could anyone imagine that the presence of his name wasn't important? When we transliterate those Hebrew letters into English, it's the capital letters Y-H-V-H. Some put Y-H-W-H, but you probably won't see those in your favorite Bible either. 
Isaiah 12, 4 in English, language Bible says, Oh, that day, or on that day, you will say, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Wait. <laughs> you should say, <laughs> Give thanks to Jehovah, or YHVH, or Yetevave, or the actual symbols. Because how exactly can you call on a name if you remove it? Yeah, you make, won't use it. And make his deeds known among the people. Declare how exalted is his name. See, our own English Bibles are not doing that. Hmm. For years, I read Lord in all those places where his name, Jehovah, should have rightly been. And it never really bothered me until a few years ago, someone pointed out that his name had been replaced 6,828 times. And it just resounded in my heart. Hmm. And I thought, what if someone replaced the name of Jesus in the 1,043 places it appears in our Bible? Is that a big deal? That would be an immeasurable loss. Yeah. It would change everything. If you didn't know the name of Jesus, if you just said the Lord all the time, and I realized that they had already changed everything. They had robbed me and you and everyone of a part of our Father. That's the most precious thing to him, 6,828 times. My Father wanted me to call on his name, to proclaim his name everywhere, mm. to love his name, to put my hope in his name, and, and I couldn't because they took it from me. So, of course, as I put in an email the other day, I, I took it back because we have the power to do that. So whenever they print Lord and whenever I teach, you'll notice I replace Lord with Jehovah. I read it out loud, Jehovah. And now it's one of the first words of my mouth every morning as I pray. And it makes my heart happy. And I know it makes his heart happy because that's what he commanded us to do. Yeah. So I want to take you through another place on this day of the Father and this month of the Father. Now, some people say Yahweh. Now, a lot of the songs we play mm -hmm. like choose to use Yahweh. So can we know, is there a correct way to say his name? Is it Yehovah or is it Yahweh? Obviously, you know which way I think it is. But I'll show you why that is. I'll take you back in the manuscripts and I'll actually show you how we know how to say his name. 